As I write this episode, it is only 48 hours after what environment climatologists have called a derecho storm that traveled about a thousand kilometers from Michigan to Maine and in its path slashed across south-central Canada. Derechos have tornado-like or even hurricane-force winds. Embedded in this derecho, Northern Tornadoes Project confirmed a landspout tornado that occurred east of the city of Ottawa. What the derecho left behind was a path of destruction and damage and a vivid example of the meaning of impermanence. Tens of thousands of people were left without electricity and many without Wi-Fi. We are fortunate to have a generator and have sourced enough extension cords from a nearby city that we have been able to provide power to two other neighboring homes. Simple things that we all take for granted. We give them little to no thought because they are constants until they are no longer that. I can't think of a better example in this moment of non-attachment non-greed, non-possessiveness. Aparigraha, a Sanskrit word that describes the need for living without attachments, does not mean that we cannot value and appreciate all of the luxuries we have. Rather, the moral discipline of aparigraha is to not be entrenched in a dependency to objects, conditions, and other people to the point in which we lose ourself. It's often only when we have to go without something that we take for granted that we see the degree to which we covet or hold possessiveness and attachment in ways that may not be healthy. I, for one, felt a little lost, to be honest, without my Wi-Fi. The other side of aparigraha is the teaching of impermanence, that everything has a beginning and an ending. Everything is transient. Hello, this is Dorothy. In addition to the weekly format of this podcast in which I offer practical and spiritual wisdom that I lovingly share with you each Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am so excited to offer a second format of amazing content. It's called Ask Dorothy. These episodes reveal the inner workings of what really happens inside a session of therapy and life coaching with me. Here I dive into the richness of content that each client brings to our sessions and how we best navigate what insights, teachings, solutions, and of course, healing and wholeness abounds. I know that listening will offer you much wisdom and guidance in the ways that bring to life what you need and also how to implement the best practices and teachings that I share to honor all of what you seek and all of what you are becoming. In each of the Ask Dorothy episodes, you will also hear my candid observations and commentary 
and the process for how we arrive in a place of harmony, relief, clarity, understanding, and the true change that happens in each and every session because of a client's willingness to grow, to evolve, to move beyond their comfort zone and into the revelation of what they already know, what they learn to be capable of, and what they desire most for their life. My job is always to support a client's progress and to provide the right tools and best therapeutic practices to ensure that each client will reach their goals, including to be all that they wish to become. I hope you'll enjoy the Ask Dorothy series as an opportunity to have the knowledge and insight of what we can do together. If you have a question that needs my love and helpful guidance, please write to me. All right, so let's jump into this episode and ask Dorothy. In this episode of Ask Dorothy, I share a real-life client story and a little of my own, as you've just heard, that speaks to the beautiful nature of the human spirit when we can offer kindness and care to others in the words we speak. In sharing of our, yes, chainsaws to help clean up fallen trees and other examples of the actions that convey our oneness. A grand example of both impermanence and oneness is the world COVID pandemic and the fact that 77 countries at this very moment are still deeply struggling as case numbers in this week alone have increased. While in other countries, we are quickly choosing to forget the discomfort and personal hardships that we have suffered. Even as we are in different stages of a shared experience, this global phenomena is one significant reminder of our oneness as humanity in a way that we typically are not able to see. Three days earlier, my client Olivia was describing the constant chatter that she would hear in the staff room among her colleagues, elementary school teachers who would complain to one another over their dedicated lunch period. Olivia found herself deeply affected by the noise of negativity and the constant, as she called it, chirping of complaints and sarcasm. Olivia could literally feel her stomach in knots as the energy of the room became that of angst and agitation. She felt her energy drained in the heaviness of those brief yet intense moments. When teachers were delivering their lessons online, Olivia recalled to me how she would look forward to the quiet and peace of lunches enjoyed in her kitchen, alone, or on her back deck, her dog Max at her feet, and the feeling of ease that she felt as she practiced mindfulness of eating and the experience of savoring each present moment fully. 
Now, having returned to teaching in the classroom, Olivia made a pact with herself that she would no longer sit in silence and attempt to ignore the negativity. Olivia conveyed to me her new approach. As she began to hear the rumble of complaints and sarcasm, she would say something, something positive, something to ease the minds of teachers who were themselves struggling with many demands placed upon them, and of an occupation that will always, I believe, be one of the most important jobs in the world, to teach, to educate, to open the minds and hearts of children and youth. Olivia would say what she herself had learned through her own life experiences and the wisdom that she acquired from her nearly 50 years on the planet, and more than 22 of these as a teacher. This, too, shall pass. This, too, shall pass. Olivia would take on the role of nurturer and guide, offering wise and comforting words to the younger teachers who would find themselves caught up in the politics of their profession and the inner impatience that they had not yet developed into inner peace. Now, as she entered the staff room, for whatever the dialogue was, Olivia's colleagues would look up when she arrived with her homemade lunch in hand and the look of appreciation on her face for the simple pleasure of having the next 20 minutes all to herself. Olivia would smile, and they would smile. Smiles of connection, of the reassurance that we are all one. We are all here to do this important work together and to signify their understanding of the temporal nature of the human condition. The knowing smiles were enough for her colleagues to remember this too shall pass. And whatever the concern or agitation was in that moment became somehow less important. Olivia would continue to eat in silence because she wanted to be mindful to indulge her senses, and to enjoy moments of quiet and peace. It became a quieter lunchroom, and other teachers began to take note of the peace that Olivia exuded in the simple acts of mindful eating and breathing, all intentional and of the present moment. If you yourself have struggled with the mind's ability to spiral, to lead you by distraction to places that only cause you to feel badly because you are focusing on the problem or what is unjust or what you have little or no control over, you can remember that everything is transient and impermanent. This is not to cause you to feel discouraged or sad rather to hold greater value and meaning in everything that you choose to do, to move past the uncomfortable for now, and to enjoy 
the simple moments of life that are right in front of you, because they always are if you choose to look, and as you live awake to the present moment. Every moment yields to the next. Everything is fixable. Your perspective is what directs your action. It is important to state what is wrong, to stand your ground or stand united for a cause that values people over procedures. Yet it is also invaluable to hold presence to now, to witness first-hand relief as you objectively remind yourself of what is most important in this moment, because this is how you will find your center and your calm again and again. You must be able to weather the storm of brooding thoughts and the negativity that others may be focused upon, and in those moments to detach to breathe, to take in the pureness of what is right now. What is, is the opportunity for kindness, comfort, stillness, change, freedom, and to think the thoughts that serve you best. When you understand non-attachment, You can stand in the comfort of a smile, your smile, the one that you hold on the outside, and simultaneously the inward-dwelling smile that reminds you of how precious this moment is as you live it fully. Be willing to stand unto yourself and of your goodness, of kindness, of generosity, and to revel in this moment as you open yourself wide to the possibility of what is next. If you would like to dive even deeper into the practice of Aparigraha, I will leave a link in the description for the episode on this fifth yama of the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Sending you great love. This is Dorothy. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of the Wisdom Podcast. To hear more, please check out the other episodes here as well as my guided meditations, including my signature prose meditations and I Am Mantras, and as well, the meditations to guide you into a deep and restorative sleep. Please also visit me on social media and say hello. And a special thank you to Insight Timer for this beautiful space to share all of my love. Allow yourself to go within, to access your inner wisdom and to live this. Awaken your authentic power, live your truth, and be love. Namaste.